who has pled guilty and to what charges have they pled in the Georgia election interference case. This video is part two of three. With defendants in the Georgia election interference case dropping like flies these days, it's important to understand who has pled guilty and to which charges they have pled. So today we're gonna to go over a quick review of who is charged, identifying each defendant who has pled guilty, understanding what charges each was facing, which charges they each pled to, and the sentence terms for each of those defendants. I'm constitutional attorney, Katherine Henry. For more than 20 years, I've been fighting for the underdog. But since COVID began, I've devoted all my time and efforts to fighting against government tyranny and educating and empowering the public. So welcome to our next episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. So to start with our quick review of who is charged. Remember, this began with a 98-page indictment filed by Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Fannie Willis on August 14, 2023, against 19 different defendants. The main thing they were being charged with was violating Georgia's RICO Act. In total, though, they were alleged to have committed 161 different racketeering acts, all broken down into 41 separate counts. And in these 41 separate counts, really, there's only 13 kinds of underlying crimes being alleged. Now, these 13 underlying crimes include violating Georgia's RICO Act, solicitation of violation of an oath by a public officer, false statements and writings, filing false documents, impersonating a public officer, forgery, influencing witnesses, perjury, and conspiracy to commit election fraud, computer theft, computer trespass, computer invasion of privacy, and to defraud the state. Initially, all 19 defendants pled not guilty, but that quickly changed with bill bondsman Scott Hall. He was the first to plead guilty in the case. He was initially charged with 11 acts of racketeering, but ended up pleading guilty to five misdemeanor charges of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with the performance of election duties in the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. He was sentenced to 200 hours of community service, a $5,000 fine, five years of probation. He has to write a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia. He has to truthfully testify against all co-defendants. He has to surrender his firearm license. He cannot participate in polling or the administering of elections for this period. And he will still be barred from communication with any co-defendants on the case and cannot speak to the media about the case. But with all this, at least he's avoiding jail time. Plus, his plea was actually entered pursuant to the Georgia First Offender Act. And essentially what that means is as long as he successfully completes all the terms of his probation, then at the end of that period, his whole conviction is essentially wiped clean and it's as though it never existed. His attorneys also made sure, though, that after two and a half years of essentially good behavior on his probation, that his probation will switch to a non-reporting probation, where as long as he's not charged with any new offenses, no one's ever going to know if he's essentially violating any of the other terms of his probation or not. He also will have no travel restrictions while he's on probation. And the prosecutors agreed with his attorneys that this should not be considered a crime of moral turpitude, meaning that he just doesn't need to get fingerprinted for this offense. The next one to take a plea deal was actually widely known attorney, Sydney Powell. Now she's a Texas attorney and she was initially charged with 12 different acts of racketeering, some of which were felonies. However, she was able to plead it down to just six misdemeanors in this case. These six misdemeanor charges were of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with election duties. Among other things, Powell admitted 
to criminal acts with the objectives of willfully tampering with the electronic ballot markers and tabulating machines, trying to remove voting data and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation data from a computer, all in an attempt to interfere with, hinder, and delay Misty Hampton in the performance of her election duties. As part of this plea deal, Sidney Powell has to pay $6,000 of a fine, $2,700 in restitution to the state of Georgia. She's going to be on probation for six years. She has to write a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia. She has to truthfully testify against all co-defendants. And she is prohibited from communicating with any co-defendants, witnesses, or the media until all cases have been closed. Her attorneys also argued for the charges to not be considered crimes of moral turpitude. This would prevent the need for her fingerprinting, but also have a lesser impact on her law license. Her plea was also entered pursuant to the Georgia First Offender Act, and it essentially means that as long as she successfully completes the full terms of her probation, her conviction is basically wiped clean. The third of these individuals to plead guilty was attorney Kenneth Cheesebro. Now, he lives in Puerto Rico. And he has been widely publicized as the attorney who proposed the use of alternate slates of electors in several states and a delay in the certification of votes in Congress in order to bring the issue to court and clarify election law. Gee, doesn't that sound horribly criminal? Why should anyone have their day in court, let alone millions of voters all across our country? The part of the RICO case against Mr. Cheesebro centers around five emails and legal memos he produced for the Trump campaign, strategizing legal avenues President Trump could take to challenge and investigate the election results in a few key states. Now, he was originally charged with seven felonies, but he was allowed to plead guilty to only one. He pled guilty to felony of conspiracy to commit filing false documents. He was ordered to pay $5,000 of restitution, and he will be on probation for five years. Although, with his, he's allowed to have his probation terminated after only three years for good behavior. He has to complete 100 hours of community service. He has to write a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia. He has to testify truthfully against all of his co-defendants. And he must refrain from communicating with co-defendants, witnesses, or media until all cases have been closed. His plea was also entered pursuant to the Georgia First Offender Act, and so his conviction will also be wiped clean as long as he successfully completes the full terms of his probation. His attorneys also argued that his crime should not be considered crimes of moral turpitude because that way he doesn't have to be fingerprinted, but also he would have much lesser impacts on his law license. An interesting note is that Mr. Cheesebro and Sidney Powell were actually the only two defendants to demand a speedy trial in their case. The fourth to plead guilty was attorney Jenna Ellis from Florida. She was charged with one count of aiding and abetting false statements in writings. And she ended up pleading guilty to that felony of aiding and abetting false statements and writings. She was ordered to pay $5,000 in restitution complete 100 hours of community service, write a letter of apology to the citizens of Georgia, testify truthfully against all co-defendants, refrain from communicating with any co-defendants, witnesses, or media until all cases have been closed. She has no travel restrictions, but she's not allowed to possess or use any firearms while she's on probation. Her attorneys also argued that she should not be considered as having committed a crime of moral turpitude, so she doesn't need to get fingerprinted, and so it has lesser impacts on her law license. And just like the others, she has entered her plea pursuant to the Georgia First Offender Act, 
and it was agreed that there will be an, a withholding of an adjudication of guilt, meaning that as long as she successfully completes the terms of her probation, her conviction will be wiped clean. At her allocution hearing, she was asked, do you understand that there may be other adverse or unfavorable consequences as a result of this guilty plea, just as there would be if you were found guilty at trial? For example, your guilty plea may affect your right to vote, your right to hold office, your right to serve on a jury, the right to obtain a passport, the right to receive, possess, or transport a firearm, the ability to obtain employment, or your membership for the bar in this state or any other states. She answered, I understand. She was then asked, do you understand that you are waiving all defenses, including any mental health defenses, by entering this guilty plea? She then answered, yes. And she was also asked, do you understand that pleading guilty, you are giving up the following rights? The right to a jury trial, the right to remain silent and not incriminate yourself, the right to confront witnesses, the right to the assistance of counsel hired by you or appointed by the court, the right to the presumption of innocence, the right to testify on your own behalf and to present other evidence, the right to subpoena witnesses and compel production of evidence, the right to have the charges against you proven guilty beyond the reasonable doubt, and the right to appeal if convicted of these charges. And to this, she answered yes. And now you know the who's who and the what's what of those who have pled guilty in the Georgia election interference case. Want to interact on this important topic? Comment on this video or call in the second Tuesday of the month at noon Eastern Standard Time to participate in our live constitutional discussion. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. And remember, together we can restore freedom.